0: And uh, I want to share something with you right now that the Lord said to me in my office a while ago. It's nothing to do with my sermon. But you know in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus came into the earth, um, He came so people would know God. You know, they had heard about Him, but they didn't know Him. And everything He did was compassion and mercy. And He didn't come judging. He didn't come... Um, But the problem he had with the Jews, naturally, was they thought they they were not sinners. So they had a problem with the way Jesus treated sinners, but yet everybody was a sinner. But he was wooing people to himself. Let's call it dating. He's dating. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'm not dating my church. I'm married to my church. The dating time, now I want to tell you about mine and Lisa's dating time. This has nothing to do with my sermon, and I don't know what she's doing behind me, so I'm just going to step forward. Dating Lisa was fun because we'd already made up our mind there would be no intimacy. And so for over a year, um, we we came to my apartment, swam in the pool. I cooked her steak, first decent steak she ever had in her entire life. And uh, she first when I when when she walked in, she, I said, do you, "Do you like steak?" She goes, "No." And her mother had been cooking her that Bilo's quality back stuff, whatever you know what I'm talking about. You, and she would bake it. That's called jerky. It is. It, and and so she said, "No, I don't want any of that." And I said, "I said, well, I have you a steak here, and I have shrimp and a salad." She said, "I'll eat the shrimp, and I'll eat the salad." And so I said, I'm going to cook a steak anyway. She said, well, I'm not going to eat it. I said, okay. So I cooked it to her and laid it down, and I cut it open, put one bite in her mouth, and she wiped it out. <laughs> she cleaned the plate. I thought she was going to lick it. But um, our dating consisted of just going to the beach, talking, walking, and having fun. But, you know, no matter how, it, the, there was a time every night. we would. She'd come over to my apartment. She'd bring her guitar, and we would just worship God just sing and worship, and, and and it was the funnest time of my life up until that point to actually be in love and be loved. But at night, uh, I, I, at, there was a time that she had to go, leave, and I, I didn't like it. I did not. And then I talked to her the next day, and, and we, had, we set a date for May 3rd, to get married. And Lisa's always been a little upset at me because the only wedding I didn't cry at was ours. <laughs> and she opened those back doors and she stepped out, and I went, Oh, glory. Martha will not get her back tonight. <laughs> you, you understand that because that was the, I mean, I'd take her home and her mother would come out and. And she always had something to do in the garage. And I'm thinking, lady, you do not have anything to do in the garage right now. So, you know, the dating time was fun. But, you know, I look so forward to the day we got married. We went to Jamaica. We went to Dunn-Rivers Falls. We we got one of those. Um, you go to a place and they take you, you know, it's a what do you call that when you get time timeshare? You have to sit through there boring. But they're going to give you seven days or five days in Jamaica. But you have to get your own airplane ticket there, and I thought that's great. I, I'll do that. So all my honeymoon cost me was two airplane tickets, and then all the food was free. All the amenities. Beautiful, beautiful place in Jamaica, and we spent our time there. And um, but I'm telling you, I love being married to her. It, it it has been challenging, like all relations are, but I'm not dating her now. I'm married to her. And so I, if if she were to ever act like we're dating, there would be a problem, right? So the Lord, I'm sitting in my office a while ago, and He said, "I'm not dating my church. I really believe that He's asking for us to treat. You know, I, I expect Lisa to be at home. I, I expect." We wake up now every every morning that we're around. We have a ritual, and I'll tell you what it is. My daughters brought me one of those coffee Nespressos. Now, they told me not to buy one because the little pods are a dollar each. I said, that's fine. So I bought the, my own coffee. I roast my own, and I grind it, and I put it in there, and I put a little foil on top, and I make my own Nespresso and then it whips my whipping cream which is keto friendly and so we go in the living room and we have and I always make two because I my coffee cup is about that big I don't know how many cups that is but it's more than one so but we always sit and read the bible pray and talk and that's that's my best time of the day I spend with God and I spend with my wife and I I, I wonder how many of us You know, let me say it another way. That will never be a burden to my soul. And after all these years, I still miss her when I'm gone a day or two. Now, isn't that the way it should be? So let me use another word here. There's no such thing as a marriage if you don't work at it. I work at mine. I work at being a better husband. I work at being, you know, there's things Lisa does great, and there's things she doesn't do well. I don't I don't care about what she don't do well. Okay. And I've learned over time to just appreciate what she does and not worry about what she doesn't do that maybe, oh, y'all understand that. Um, but the Lord, I'm in my office a while ago, and he, he says, I'm not dating my church. We're not dating. We're married. You've walked the aisle. And I I pray that you would grab a hold of that. This is not my sermon. Maybe it is. I don't know. Grab a hold of that and look forward to your times alone with him. Now, I'm going to say something here and let it sink. When a man and woman get married, it's obvious after a while she gets a big belly and she starts having kids. Thank you. Isn't that normal? The church needs to get pregnant. And you're never going to get pregnant if you've never been intimate with God. It's not, it's not a, see, we, we, we see Jonathan Shuttlesworth coming. He's an evangelist out after the world. That's not your relationship with the Lord. You know, if Lisa comes to me and says, when are we going on a date? We're going on a date. But if she expects me to take her home, I ain't taking her. I'm taking her to my house. And I'm putting put her in my bed. Thank you. And I think that the Lord is saying to his church, I think I'd like to take some of y'all to bed. Woo. There's no kids in here. You know, the Song of Solomon is an R-plus rated book. If you've ever read it, he gets pretty graphic with her. Oh, never mind. I'm just going to leave that alone. But marriage is, is fun. Make it fun. It's, it's, she's my gift for my work. And I, I still love her to pieces. I wonder how much he loves us. I wonder how much he likes it when we stop in the morning with a cup of coffee and go, good morning. I just want to spend some time with you. There's a song we haven't sung it in church in a long time. I walk with him and I talk with him. And I know that, you know, and it's talking about going in the garden alone. And I wonder whether we have lost that intimacy with the Lord. There are things that won't happen. Thank you. They don't, they will not never happen until you go. I'm here to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to spend my time with you. I've had times the Lord say, "Stay home, get stay home today." Just be with me. That's not wasted time. Yeah. This is Does that make sense? I, Lisa's got jobs. She's busy. She's She has a lot to do, but I could care less. Forget the dishes. I'll take you out to eat, but you're going to spend some time. We're going to spend some time together. She has a jet ski. Uh, it's in the neighbor's property. and About every other day, she goes, you're going to take me around the lake? Down there and fill it up with gas, and she skis around twice and she drops, and then she skis once, and then we come home. That's all that's all that's in her now. She's not a puppy either. But you know, then she comes home and swims in her pool, and I go out and spend time with her. But I'm just telling you that out of life, that's what makes your life beautiful. It's it's and it's that's marriage, and we could talk about friends and all that. There's, there's, there's too much. I think there's too much busyness in our lives, and I think that we we act like we we. Oh Jesus, I have somewhere to be. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's not my sermon. Is that all right? And it, it, it does that inspire you to just be a little bit more, spend time with Him. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for the new birth. Thank you. You know one day I've never studied it out what's the what's the um Hosea God told him to marry a harlot that he fell in love with that Jesus fell in love with a harlot. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You weren't the cream of the crop, but he loves his wife. He loves his bride, and we're his bride. Sometimes we, we preach prayer like it's a, a chop, chop, one, two, pull a lever. Ah, You know, I don't know if it, all prayer is that way. I'm going to say something. Sometimes it's just get in the covers. Okay, never mind. Is that too much for you, Zach? Explain it to him when you get home. Just... Are you all ready for the word? Get in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. You know, if I'm saying that, Lisa will tell you this is the truth. Lisa's brother, David, how many kids? They got nine? Okay. They they live in the country, and uh, when they have church, the kids come in. and the And the kids are disciplined. So they don't interrupt the church service. You can bring them in if you'll raise them right. Don't go quiet on me. Yeah, you can. And they're not a burden for you to shove to someone. What's wonderful is you watch these kids coming in to David's house. and, And you can tell they're dating. And then you can tell they're married. Because right after they're married, she gets real swollen. And then they come in with a baby, and they have another and another and another. And on the way up, I asked Lisa to give me a list of the names and the children and the grandchildren. And it, there's no way now, because David has decided that his job is to completely replenish the earth alone. <laughs> but it's the way country people do. I think that that's more normal than the way we do it in the city I, I think that there should be the looking forward to young men and young women getting married, having a house, and and it's it's just wonderful. The kids are fun. The babies are fun. The whole it's a family event when they all come together. Oh good lord. The kids are everywhere. They have a barn dance every year, and it's it's about it's bigger than the sanctuary upstairs. It's bigger, and they clod, and and. What all that stuff, you know, all that with the shoes on and the fiddles and the band and all that stuff. It's crazy wild, but it's fun. Everybody's dressed up like a cowboy and a cowgirl. But it's fun because the kids are running wild and the little boys and little girls are already starting to notice each other and pull pigtails and you're like, life goes on. I think the church should be more like that. Amen. Amen. I'd like to see some babies born in here. I think you need to go get in bed with Jesus. I'd like to see you pregnant. Thank you. I'm getting rid of mine. I'm pregnant less. I've been doing keto. I'm down to about 18 pounds now. And it is tough. That cake out there, I will not touch it. Lisa got me a keto donut, so. I want to go. I'm on a mission to not look like Santa Claus this December. Matthew 11. Matthew 11. I want to talk tonight about. Well, let me just read Matthew 11 first before I, before I explain the picture behind me. the The cows, because you're going to go. What's that? The great scripture. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, he's making a statement here, but before we get going, let's talk about what a yoke is. Both of those animals, they're yoked to each other. Now, Jesus, the one one of the animals is not doing all the work. They're helping each other. Jesus did not redeem you from life. He just said, you come unto me, I'm going to take the heart out of it. If you're doing life, I'll do life with you. In other words, we want to have no yoke, but you will have a yoke. And instead of you plowing alone, he said, I'll put my neck on the other side. And what we didn't see here is that really one of them is a Shetland pony, you, and the other one's a Clydesdale Jesus. So we know he's pulling more of his load than yours. So he makes a statement here. It's a a beautiful scripture, and I'm going to read it again. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And he's talking here about a lost man. And I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm gentle, lowly of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke's easy. My burden is light. Now let's talk about grace for a moment here. Go to Isaiah 53 with me, please. When a man is born again, now you need, you and I need to understand something that before you were born again, you were under the curse of the law. The law is hard. The law is hard. Lisa and I, when we had, um, lunch with with Tom Copeland and Diane today. We I called Tom and said, I'm taking you out for your birthday. He said, It was your birthday too. I said, Forget mine, we're taking you out for yours. And I didn't let him pay either. I stole the ticket and you know, I knew he wasn't gonna give the woman a big tip, but but I did. So but we well, we got off into Diane's history, Pentecostal. And she looked at me and said something very powerful. She said, one of the things that I learned from Dad Hagen, was about righteousness. I never knew I was the righteousness of God. The Pentecostal people are a wonderful people. Tom um, told me today about the time that he took his father, and he says, my father had a prayer time where he met with God twice a day. No matter what was going on, he stopped and went and prayed. He said, "I wished I had my father's prayer life." The early Pentecostals were some praying people, but but because of 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 legalism, you know, if you don't understand method, the Methodist church, the Methodists were early um, legalists. The, the they were the first Pente- they were the first holiness. And then, then they got filled with the Spirit and became Pentecostal holiness. And they brought that Wesley legalism or, or into the church. And many of them live their life trying to please God, not accepting what he has done. And they don't know it. And when, when they begin to hear grace... It is like a great revelation to them. So Tom told me about his father, and he said, I took him to Buddy Harrison, Patsy Harrison Church, Kenneth Hagin's daughter, and he sees this lady up there with earrings and makeup prophesying, and he said, I did not know how my father would react to that. When I got home that night, and I took him in, and I, I, he sat on the couch, and he began to weep, and he said, son, I... I've been so wrong, all of my life because he saw, he knows the Holy Ghost, and he saw the Holy Ghost through a painted woman that he would never, you know. So, and then I had another instance in my life where my sister married a church, Johnny Hammond, my my brother, he's a Marine, just loved Johnny. Johnny's just a great guy, just him to pieces. And his father, Curtis Hammond, was a Pentecostal Church of God preacher. And and after I had graduated from Raymond, I was here in Orlando. One day, I was talking to Curtis, and he said, you are not going to believe what happened to me today. I said, what happened to you? He said, I spoke in tongues in an elevator. I said, Curtis, that's awesome. He said, I've never had the Holy Ghost come on me anywhere but church. Do you understand how, how you can love God and be wrong and be bound by law? So Jesus in this scripture, he's talking about the fact that law is hard. You always wake up not feeling worthy, not feeling like you prayed enough or you did enough or you were good enough until you finally find out about grace that Jesus paid it all and you're accepted in the beloved and you've become the righteousness of God in Christ and you don't realize how liberating it is for people to walk in a church and hear truth and hear grace and how it lifts them up and they go, oh, my God. I was talking to a woman in Tom's church one time, an old Pentecostal woman. You know how they're old Pentecostals when their hair is pulled back so tight in a bun that it pulls all the wrinkles out of their face. Now, that's how you know it's Pentecostal. It's supposed to be funny. It's okay. I'm not being critical. And she doesn't have a drop of makeup on. She has the ugliest dress that Walmart ever had. That's Pentecostal. And so I was preaching in Tom's church on grace, and she came up to me after the service, and she said, I would give anything in my life to believe what you just said. Do you understand? The law is a taskmaster, and you are never enough. So when Betty was in Israel with us and Lisa that we walked in an elevator one night and it was on the Sabbath and there was a Jewish guy standing there and he can't legally ask me to push a button. That's works. They have a Sabbath elevator that stops at every floor automatically because it's illegal for them to push the button on the Sabbath. Thank you all. You, li- you imagine living like that in order to be right with God, and Jesus comes along and says, "Take my yoke upon you. My my yoke is easy, and my burden's light." How did He do that? I'm going to read it to y'all, if y'all don't mind. I'm on a roll tonight. I, don't, I mean, I'm just, just spirit of God is real strong up here. Isaiah 53 Who shall believe our report? And whom shall the arm of the Lord be revealed? He will grow up as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. When we see him, there is no beauty that we would desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid our faces, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he bore our griefs, he carried our sorrows. We esteem that he was smitten and afflicted by God, but he bore our transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him, and by his bruises I am the healed. As sheep gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid on the Lord Jesus the iniquity of us all. He took a yoke we couldn't bear. He took something we couldn't do and said take my yoke I will take I'm going to put my neck in your yoke and I will do what you can't do So that's so powerful we I don't know whether we've ever learned to appreciate what we have Now the Jews imagine spending thousands of years keeping the law, and here comes a Gentile sinner and gets grace. And the Jew goes, what? You just saved that heathen? He did nothing. Amen. Because he said, I did it. I did it. And I think that the Jews have a problem with us because God blesses us so much. We're put in the earth to make them jealous because they, even the Muslims have a stricter religious life than we do. And yet we're blessed because he took it. He bore it. He did it. Amen. So a yoke is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Isaiah 61. Turn the page and go to 61. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives. Say that was us. Opening of the prison of those that were bound, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort everyone who moans, mourns, console all who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they or we might be the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Now that's a picture of us. Now now go back to mentally to that, but go to Isaiah 10 and go to Isaiah 10 and go back mentally, take my yoke. Christianity is not a burden. Being born again is not a burden. You and I were under the yoke. We were under the curse. He has redeemed us from the curse curse of the law. We've got people outside this church right now that are not born again and they're poor and they're broke and they don't know why and somewhere along the line we need to go. It is not white privilege, son. It's it's Christian privilege. Our God has blessed us coming in and blessed us going out and we are the redeemed of the Lord and yes, we look like we're privileged but it's it's not because we're white White or why we're black or we're Hispanic, it's because we've been washed in the blood of Jesus and all you've got to do to get out from under that yoke of bondage is to come out of the world and accept Jesus and get his yoke, get his neck in your life, get him in your life, and you won't have all this bondage in your life. I mean, we've painted the picture of Christianity like like come to Jesus and And, oh, you have to go to church, and then you have to read your Bible, and you have, listen, numbnut, you don't. He came along, and he redeemed you from the thing that was killing you. And, and he set you free, and he busted the lock off your neck and opened the door and let you out, and, and he took the curse, and he took your disease, and he took your damnation, and he took your judgment. When it says, there is therefore no condemnation, that word doesn't, we don't use it in English anymore. I'm going to tell you what it means. He took your eternal damnation. There isn't any damnation on you. You die and stand before God, he's not going to look and go, you have not been doing. No. Now, see, some of y'all are scared to die because you don't know who you are. I, I, Lisa better not ever be afraid to come home because if she is, I'm going to go find her. You understand that? I didn't marry her because she, whether she burns the biscuits or not. Thank you. I married her for her. Now, I like it when, when she makes the meatloaf and, and uh, she makes the best cornbread in the world and, and the best, what is that pie? you had? Pumpkin pie, oh, good God. One year, I whined and whined and whined, and she, uh, she made me like five pumpkin pies at Christmas. And I convinced her that because there's no sugar in them that they were good for me. But I didn't marry her for her pumpkin pies. I married her for her. God didn't marry you. He didn't marry you for your pumpkin pies. He married you because he loves you. And then he, he'll work on you. He'll take care of you. But he, he's not in love with you because of what you did. He's in love with you because he's love. And he, and he broke the chains and he paid the price. Let's look at Isaiah here. I, I told you to put it on the screen. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulders. And his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The literal Hebrew is because of the anointing. The anointing of God on your life breaks yokes. I was talking to Lisa this morning. We've been talking about the Bible school. And, you know, I don't care how many times you watch a video, there's nothing like live. I can, I can listen to Mark on, on the little zip drive things. I don't know what they're called now. I don't even know what they're called. Just stick them in my truck and, USB. <laughs> what are they? USB. USB. What does that mean? United States. <laughs> I don't even know what the thing. See, we went from tapes to cassettes and you lost me. But it doesn't matter. There's nothing like going to the meeting and sitting in the meeting and I've heard him preach it a hundred times, but I really don't care because you sit in the anointing. I mean, the anointing gets so strong in that place. You can cut a hunk out and take it back to the hotel room, and it'll make all the plants live in the foyer. I mean, it'll just the, the anointing is strong, and you just love being in that atmosphere. And that happens in church services. You you say, you going to church tonight? Or are we going to watch it on, on YouTube? Well, why don't you just come on in? The The, the water's fine. And anyway, I've used this analogy many times, so don't throw anything at me. I don't want a a text message from Lisa or YouTube. I want her. I'm just stop there and pause. She better not ever call me and go, hi, baby, it's on YouTube. I just want to tell you I love you. I'm going, "Uh, where are you? Well, you know I'm up here in North Carolina right now, and I'm headed. no, you're not. Because I'd marry you, I'd marry a video of you. So even though we have YouTube and videos on church, I really would like to see your face. It's very hard to lay hands on someone through a be blessed. Now, if you're watching me, and you live in a popka, I'll see you Sunday. All right, it is true though, isn't it? There's something, about, there's something about Thanksgiving when the family comes together that is very special. And Christmas and times, there's something about the home where people are talking and laughing and eating together and having fun. That's, it's not like everybody being on. What's that thing where you're on the screens and FaceTime. we're FaceTime? I better not get to heaven to find a phone there. I will know I have died and to hell. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's a necessary evil, I guess Okay Galatians 3.13, don't turn there It says Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law Go to Galatians 5.1 Go to Galatians 5.1 And uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about the path now We've talked about the yoke We're going to get on the path Galatians 5 It says, be imitators That's Ephesians, Daryl Oh, you're not that old. Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ made you free and don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Sin is bondage. It's a bondage. When Jesus was talking to the woman caught in adultery, he said, I don't condemn you. And then he said, stop. He told one man, he says, I, you're healed. But don't go back and do what you did. The worst thing will come on you. He's not trying to keep you from having fun. He's trying to keep you from having a life of hell on earth. He, he freed you from the thing that was choking you to death. Don't turn around and go get back under that. Amen. Stay free. And like I mentioned a while ago about marriage, you have to work at that relationship. It's not automatic. All right. Now, now here's where we get to go. First Kings 17. I'm going to look a bit at Elijah. Elijah. The Spirit of God, he said, take my yoke upon you. God has a plan for your life. God has a path. There's too many people in the body of Christ today that are getting their wisdom from the world. They don't know God. They aren't led by the Spirit of God, and they are in bondage. Why would we go ask them how to live life? So here's what happens. You come to church on Sunday. And then all of your unsaved relatives want to know where you're going to college. What's it to them? Why don't you pray about it? See, y'all went so quiet. It just, I don't like that. It's such a simple thing. Who told you you needed a piece of paper by idiots? Solomon didn't go to school. I'm not a down on school. I'm just telling you that God has a path for you. It might, he might say, I want you to go to school. I want you to go to ORU. I want you to go to Georgia and be a Bulldog. I want you, he would never say go to Alabama. I just know God that way. I know him good enough to know he would never say that. But but, but you understand, so often kids are out doing things and 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 I want to show you something in your Bible that has helped me since I got born again. This I learned I heard John Osteen preach on this, and and but the Lord taught me this right when I got born again. He taught me, now be led by your spirit. That comes from intimacy with God. He said, Listen, I don't have a bad life for you. I have a great life for you. But it's in but I have a good life for you. Don't ask me to bless yours. Let Ask me what my will for you is. Does that make sense? We've fallen into this trap that if you don't have four years of higher education. I was talking to Teresa. Where is she sitting right now? She's in here somewhere. Um, Teresa's in the back. About how she went to a class on helping people. In a church, and it was based on the world's way of helping drug addicts and alcoholics, and their whole mantra was, the first thing you tell them is that you'll never get out of this. You got eight years in school, and you learned that you will never get out of that. I could tell you better than that in one hour. Why would you pay someone money to make you dumber than you are? Well, I just want to know if you're an alcoholic, you'll always be an alcoholic. And you need to accept the fact that there's nothing anybody will ever do. So I want you to say out loud, I am an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. I am... Get up and leave. <laughs> Good God Almighty, help me, Jesus. I mean, if, you know, just come in here. If any man's in Christ, old is gone, the new is coming. I ain't an alcoholic no more. Now I didn't even charge you eighteen or twenty or forty thousand dollars to learn that. See God, I was at John Maxwell's meeting one time, and he was doing a great job teaching leadership to all the people in the world who don't know the Lord. And I happened to stay for the Sunday meeting where he had like a churchy servicey. And he got up and decided to talk about Jesus a little bit in his meeting. And he's a great leadership guy. I love, I love his books. I got his books in there. I read his book. They're great. And someone says, where did you get your material? And he said, well, you don't really want to know. They said, yeah, we want to know. He said, no, you don't want to know where I get my material. He said, yes, we want to know. He said, I get it all out of the Bible. I didn't charge you Nothing. If it didn't come out of the Bible, it don't work. The reason it works, it came out of the Bible. You actually could have read your own Bible and didn't have to go to the meeting. I'm not saying that going to the meeting is wrong. It may be that God wants to use and teach you. But understand that Solomon wasn't a moron, and he didn't go to school. And Jesus didn't go to school either, and he wasn't a moron. John the Baptist didn't go to school. And the Apostle Paul was educated, and God had to re-educate him. I'm not anti-education. Thank God for education. I know some of y'all look at me like a dog in a new bowl. But if, if it's in a field, and God said, go, go, but if he did not, then say, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a home builder. Hello? I mean, we, I got friends around the neighborhood, and they're like multi-mega-stinking millionaires. And all they do is run, is drive a hammer and drive a big Ford pickup truck and run around telling everybody what to do and build million-dollar houses for millionaires, and they have so much money, they don't know. I mean, they just don't. The guy across the street built a house, and it's gorgeous, just mega huge. He's a builder. He didn't, he didn't learn that in college. He learned that as a kid. He picked up a hammer and a saw. Thank you, and had a mentor. Wilson, am I doing all right? Absolutely, thank you. There's a lot of ways and why would you want to do something you hate to make money to go on vacation? Can't wait till Friday. You need another job. Do what you enjoy. Good God Almighty. And don't let your grandmother tell you what you're going to be when you grow up. That she don't know. She grandmother loves you, but they, she is not the Lord. My, Lisa's mother told me I was a pastor, and, and then she started a church for me. It didn't fly. And I looked at Martha, and I said, Martha, I love you, appreciate you, but I can't hear God when you're talking. And I shut. we had a church called the Jubilee Center, and we sh- I shut it down so I could get away from Martha and go hear God. What do you want me to do? Because I don't want to do this right here because my mother-in-law called me. We've all done stupid. We've all done stupid. My mother-in-law's great lady. She had just tender heart. love God. She had a lot of issues with her mind. Many people know her. But but her her childhood and all that just messed up her soul. But her heart, she she loved the Lord. Amen. So um so, so, so in, in, in Kings seventeen one, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel is, be whom I stand, there will not be dew or rain these years. He said to my word, and the word of the Lord said, Get away from here and go eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you will drink from the brook. I have commanded the ravens to bring steak, filet mignon, and cheesecake from the king's table and feed you there. There is a place called there. There is a place. There's a spout that God is pouring the blessings out and you need to get underneath it. Now let me let me let me just follow God here. I'm gonna show you something about God. You see, God doesn't do things the way your mama, your daddy, or your or anybody else does it. See, He will often put you in a hard place so you can actually grow up. I think everybody that's a teenager should get a job while they're going to school so they can actually learn to work that's right. Amen. and get a degree uh, and then come to church and get a knee degree right. and then learn. I, I was talking to a girl one day at um, at the hardware store and she, she was telling me something about you know, she was going to give me the change back. And I told her, I said, well, I'm going to give you a dime. You know, I think, I think she owed me 90 cents. I said, I'm going to give you a dime. Just give me a dollar. She goes, it it freaked her out. And she locked up. <gasps> she said, I, I, I don't have a calculator. I can't do that. And I went, darling, you owe me 90 cents. I'm going to give you 10 and you give me one. And, she, and she's sweating. <gasps> She says, I I don't know where my calculator is. I said, "I said, okay, I'm going to help you. I said, give me the 90. So she gave me the 90. I said, close cash register. I pushed the 90 back, and I added a dime with it. I said, can I have a dollar? She says, I'm not sure I can do that. I said, never mind. And I said, where do you go to school? She says, I graduated. I went, no, you didn't. Help me, Jesus. And then I went, do you vote? You're scaring me. How would I get off on all that? Because what people need, so God, listen to me about God. There's a minister friend of mine, a minister, a, a pastor. And when he started a church, he called me and said, would you like to help me? And I said, no. Now listen to me. Where do you get the muscles to pastor a church? By growing it. You you do people no good doing their work for them. You don't throw money at people. Because if I grow his church, the minute my money stops, it shrinks back to his faith. God will put you in a place and force you to use your faith, because your faith can't grow without it. See, you you want to go to Disney every day. And God wants you to go through a little bit of trouble sometimes. Oh, I'm going to come over here and preach. Yeah, these people over here, they're not even talking to me anymore. So one of my daughter's called and wanted a new vehicle on her 16th birthday. And I said, no, I'm going to buy you a piece of trash. Well, mama don't want it in the driveway. I said, I could care less because I already know what it's like to drive around town with a 16. So she got a brand new truck. Within a week, she had put it in the ditch. And their friends, her, her cheerleader friends jumped on the hood and caved it in. Brand new pickup truck. And I went, you have a wreck in the driveway now? Listen, I'm not trying to be ugly. Come on, help me just. Let people bust it. Let them grow out of it. Let them do it wrong. Let them learn to do it right. God's path for you doesn't look like what your path for you would look like. Thank y'all. Y'all are so exciting. You know, when he asked me to take this church, what scared me was I went, I don't know nothing about it. He went, that's real good. Now you have to rely on me. And I went, no joke. And then Bill dies on the day I start. And I call Tom. I go, how do you do a funeral? I northly no earthly idea. And Tom takes me through it. And I do it. And I'm shaking like a leaf. I'd never done. I mean, they didn't know that. I, I did the whole first year in fear and trembling. How in the Sam Hill do you get 52 sermons in a year? How does anybody do that? I mean, it just terrified me, man. I'm like, yeah, never mind. But how do you grow? How do you grow? You grow doing it. You grow doing it. You have to do something to grow. So God has a path for you, for you, to to take you where you need to go and make a better you out of you. Boy, I'm... So there's a path... And he, now listen to what he says. He's, listen, I'm just doing my best here. It'll okay, verse three. And he went and he did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows in the Jordan. Ravens brought him meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening. You know, that had to be really good meat. And I, I kind of wish he'd said a little butter, but he didn't say nothing about it. It happened that after a while the brook dried up because there had been no rain. So he stood there and said, I believe in the name of Jesus. I command this brook, I command this brook to flow, I command this brook to flow. No, he didn't do it. And the word of the Lord came again, and he and he said, He said, He said, see, I've commanded a widow to provide for you to go to Zarephath. Do you you understand that if what you're doing isn't working, pray and ask God, am I to stay here? What am I supposed to be doing? Listen, there's something God has for you. And the blessing is in it. The, The yoke of God for you is easy. See, hard happens when you're not at Cherith. Oh, it's hard. Where are you? I'm at the Brook Wakiva. That's not where he said. I've been praying for the ravens to bring me a paycheck down here. Wait a minute. What did he tell you to do? You know, when I first took this church, and I'm not trying to I'm just telling you, God has a way of growing you up, whether you like it or not. I was, I had my own business. I would make sometimes two to $500 a day, $600 a day some days. And this church paid me $400 a week. I went, yeah, wow. I went, wow. And, and the Lord said, I don't want you to work anymore. Don't you trust me? And I went, wow. Okay, God. That was that was some of the best times of my life. Someone said, where'd you learn how to pray? <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, I'm going to starve to death this week. no no money come, money come. Does anybody relate to anything I'm saying? God puts you in a place, but He graces you. To do that. See, grace makes life easy. Get, get in the flow, and the grace is there. Have you ever thought about being Mark Hankins? Have you ever wondered about what it would be like to be Mark and Trina? He's in a church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And sometimes he's in three different churches in a week, and then he's home. But God gave him a jet. You see, God gave him the finances. God graced him to do it. And if I tried to do that, I would not have another birthday. <laughs> because I, I don't even like to get on Delta, go to Atlanta, and go to Louisiana, and spend one whole day to go to a meeting and then wake up at 5 in the morning and to go to the airport. And the, Oh, y'all, you know, I would have to have a jet of my own. But you see, if he didn't say do it, don't do it. See, one thing, I don't want to be anyone else. I want to be the best me that I can be. I don't compete with anybody. If I want to get better, I'm just looking at getting me better. What's everybody else doing? It don't matter. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, All right. This, this, is, this ain't too bad. Romans 8. <laughs> Say, this is, this is helping. Romans 8. See, so often we got, we're getting our wisdom from the natural. That's not, you know, we think, well, his is a yoke. Yeah, but his is an easy yoke. Because his yoke, there's grace. In in the plan. Now, you know, someone asked me, Pastor, why did you quit Air Mobile Ministries and stay at Word of Life? Because the money ran out over there. That was smart. And the Lord said, get under the spout where the money's coming out. And I went, that would be Word of Life. And he said, I went, oh. You thought I was a deep prophet. I'm not. I'm just following the money. (laughs) And see, Lisa and I talk to people all the time, and they're like, I got a job offer in Nevada, and my question is, okay. Justin was talking to someone the other day, and he said, do they have a church? And they went, I don't know. I think, well, that might be... Have you prayed about it? No. They just asked me and told me how much they'd give me. And I'm like, no. Oh, don't think I hadn't been tempted. Now, we all, I think we all have temptations. So, uh, I'm just going to tell you this story. Lisa's not in here, but she'll, she'll verify this to be the truth. Lisa and I went on vacation to Alaska. Oh, God. You have no idea how beautiful that state is. We rented an RV. And you can drive anywhere and park it and camp anywhere in Alaska. No one will stop you. You can go to Walmart, park it, and wake up the next morning, go and get groceries and come out. If you're driving down the road and you go, oh, I love this river. Let's fish right here in the morning. Just pull off the side of the road. Of course, I carried a handgun with me because I ain't that stupid. But I got, we went, we went fishing. And I, I got fishing poles and that you put together. And I'd get out there and fish. Oh, yeah. I died and go to heaven big old salmon on it and then then we'd go down and rent a boat and they took us out and Lisa caught a big king salmon and and then we caught halibut and they slashed it up and sent it home and then we got in the RV and went to a lake and then the next morning we woke up and it's just beautiful and they went to Denali and got in a snowstorm in August in a complete whiteout. It's hot as Haiti here. That's Haiti, not Hades, Haiti. And uh, we're in snow in Alaska, and I did take a polar fleece in case it got cool. Oh, yeah, I had it in the bus and the heater's going. And so when I got home, I began to plan my new ministry. I met a pastor there that owned a fishing boat. And he said he made a lot of money, and I told the Lord now, Lord, no, I'm going to give you a plan, and it's a good one, and I want you to listen. <laughs> Wilson, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I could I could buy his business, and I could take people fishing, and, and the boys could all become captains of this boat. And then I could buy a little J-5 Cub and start flying big, fat, rich deer hunters out into the tundra and drop them off for a week and and I mean it's like it's like several thousand dollars to just drop them off, and they'll pay you, or you don't go get them. <laughs> Never mind, I'm teasing. But I'm a pilot, and I got to thinking, uh, I, I could do this. I mean, a little J-5, only about $100,000 at that time. And then I could build a log cabin. And, and Heavenly Father, I will, I will preach in remote areas. And Lisa and I came home, and we had it all planned how to make a greenhouse and grow good vegetables, even though it's cold. And, and, and then one morning when I woke up, I sat down for breakfast, and I didn't have a happy look. And Lisa said, good morning. I said, good morning. She said, what did he say? I said, he told me he doesn't ever want to hear it again. And what did he say to you, Lisa? He said, don't ever talk about it. Don't even bring the subject up in my presence. And I went... Well, they're all going to hell. Anyway, I had a good argument and it didn't work. Don't tell me you haven't had talks. I got this idea, God. Okay. Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Let me go over why I'm reading this again. His yoke is easy. Yours is hard. When people look at me and they go, I'm tired. I'm wore out. God, Pastor, I'm just do you know what's wrong? You're not at the brook. You're you're not what you are not where you're supposed to be. Because the 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 way of the transgressor is what? Hard. When life gets hard. The one thing that Diane Copeland and I were talking about today, and I miss it, altars. Sometimes we just need to have a Sunday where we just go, we're just going to spend some time praying. If you want to go home, but somebody just... listen. Nothing sweeter than coming up here and spending some time in the presence of God and just pray for a while. Get all that junk off you that you've been carrying around. If you've lost your joy, go back to the Wakiva River and find out where it went. Amen. All right. Let's look at one more in here. This is Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know how to pray as well, but the Spirit makes intercession. He searches the heart, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He makes. He said he'll help you. Holy Spirit was was sent to yoke up with you. He's in the yoke with you. So when you're plowing, it's not supposed to be that difficult. He. We just read that we're supposed to have joy and peace and thanksgiving and and to look at some Christians, you're like, are you saved? Oh, All, All right. I have one more. Go to First Kings again, eighteen. How am I doing, guys? Yeah, it, Christianity is supposed to be a joy. Yeah. Hallelujah. And let me, let, me, let me explain that to you in, in layman's terms. Um, I've got to find First Kings before I start talking. or I'll never find it. First Kings 18. Our life is supposed to be such that a person would want what we have. I'm not saying that we shouldn't share Jesus. But why would they want your Jesus if you're miserable? So one day, and I've told this story before, but it bears repeating, and I've always told you that after I pass away and you want to hear stories, just bring Mel up. She knows them all. She doesn't know anything else, but she has written down every story, and she knows all the stories. Yeah, that's it. that's the word of the Lord for her right there. So, but I'm. they sent me down to a hospital on i They really put me alone because they got tired of hearing about Jesus and I'm a good mason they didn't want to lose me so they put me on jobs so they would send me to places where they had to change everything that the builders did wrong and the hospital's going all the headers are wrong all the windows are the wrong size and we want you to go down there and take a saw and a trial and a mixer and fix the messes and i said okay i'll do that i'm mean, getting paid i don't care what i do so i've gone this this header over my head and i'm and i'm on a ladder about 6 feet up i've got a chop saw that cuts concrete over my head and you think I'm white now? I was real white. I mean, I look like Casper the Friendly Ghost. I mean, I'm like whoosh, and dust is falling all over my head. And I'm looking down there's a man standing at the foot of my ladder and he's looking at me and I'm going, "Can I help you?" He's staring at me, dusting myself thoroughly. And he said, "You're glowing." And I went, "It's called concrete." He said, no. He said, sir, you're glowing. I said, all right. He said, are you a Christian? I said, I am. He said, I'm a heroin addict. Would you come down? I went down and got him born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not preaching to him. I'm cutting block. But there should be enough joy. They ought to see you and go, you apparently are a Christian. Because right now you should be sad and you are not. I got fired, well, laid off from Philip Crosby. I didn't get fired technically. But I had a hard time not singing. I know you're thinking, yeah, you should have stopped. I, I don't... It was unconscious. They, they moved my desk out to the elevator shaft. They, they did. When you open the elevator, my desk was right there. That's not even in the building. Because the teachers would come out and go, please, I'm trying to teach. And I'm like, was I, what was I doing? You're singing again. And I went, oh. And they leave and i go, oh, glory to God, Father. I'm so sorry. Praise the name of Jesus. I just love you. What a friend I have in Jesus. <laughs> it, it, when, you know, you squish, you squish a Christian and you're going to get joy. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and I, just think that, I just think there's too many unhappy, sad people running around saying they're born again. His yoke is easy. His burden's light. If it isn't, go and say, "Uh, I think I missed the last place I'm supposed to be or something. You know, just go back. But I want to read something to you here. It's about Elijah again. How are we doing for time? Oh, we got to go because I got a birthday party. That would be important. No, I'm, I'm going to read. I'm going to do this because I, the word comes before birthdays. First Kings eighteen forty five. I really want to go over this. This is powerful. It happened in the meanwhile. The sky became black with clouds and wind and a heavy rain. And Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord came on Elijah. And he girded his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance. He, he, the Spirit of God hit him and he outran the chariot. That's, that's God. Now, we're going to read the next one because it's not so good. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had executed all her prophets with a sword. And Jezebel sent a message to Elijah and said, so let the gods do to me and more. Also, if I don't make your life as one of them by tomorrow, and he saw that in his soul, he arose and ran for his life, not in the spirit. The angel had to make him cakes He went to sleep under a tree. He got down to where he was going. He slept for three days. He's not in the will of God. Oh, it's life is rough. Oh, life is hard, God. Nobody's serving the Lord but me. Oh, and God comes down and says, Elijah, why are you down here? Well, I'm the only one serving the Lord back in my church anymore, and I mean everybody's backslidden but me. And yakade, 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 yakadee. He's in the flesh. Okay. You you God may send you running and the devil may send you running, but one of them's gonna be easy and the other one's going to be hard. <laughs> one of them you're gonna go someplace and the other one you're not going anywhere. All right, now I'm gonna finish because I gotta go get some ke- my keto donut. All right where was I? Okay. Anyway, the the angel made him some coals and gave him some water, and and he ran for 40 days, and and God let him run. And he says, why are you here? And um, he says, I've been very zealous. I'm in in 1914. For the word of God, a host, and the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed all your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and they're here to take my life. You poor baby. You just got through having a revival. And the Lord said, go return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive to Haziel, king over Syria. And so I forgot, there's that, where's that spot where he asked him, where the wind and the fire and the rain comes. And God wasn't in the wind and God wasn't in the fire. But it says, and, and, and God said to him in a still, small voice. Uh, he needed to get alone and get quiet. What do you? Elijah, go back up to Damascus, anoint the king. You see, as long as you're hearing from God, you're fine. If not, you're just running in the flesh. You're just, life is just bookity, 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 and you're coming in church going, God, I'm tired. Not supposed to be that way. I'm going to close with this. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. When we get in his path, no, I didn't say there's not a field to plow. He's got his head in there with you. He's got his grace on you. He's got his mercy. He's got his blessing on your life. And you can even mess it up, and he can fix it. Someone asked me about this church, and I said, well, I've already destroyed it several times. but God and he, I told him I couldn't do it and I, I proved it a couple of times But he's good and he is good to me he's good to all of us I'm just going to say this one thing slow down slow down find out where you're supposed to be make sure you're hearing it may not thunder, it may not lightning it might just be a still smoke you might just have to get quiet where do you want me? What do you want me to do? Because wherever you send me, there will be grace, and whatever you ask me to do, you will help me, and I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. That's wonderful life, isn't it? You ready for donuts? Not donuts, y'all ain't getting donuts. What are y'all getting? Cake. Y'all are getting fattening sugar cake. So let's pray. Let's pray. Are y'all ready? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the chance to come in here tonight and share the Word of God with your church, my family, my body—wonderful, wonderful people. All of us in this room, we laughed at me tonight because of the things I've done, but we've we've all done that. There might even be people here right tonight that walked in and went, "Life is hard." Now they know. Just just find out what you're what you're asking us to do, and go do that. And maybe we don't need to be asking people. Maybe we just need to be asking you. Lead us and guide us and show us. If things are, were in your will and they're hard, we know that you're walking us through it and we're growing. And we thank you for that too. In Jesus' name and everybody said. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us, too, that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.